This is Monday, April 11th, and this is the week of Easter, and we're going to march toward Easter and walk through the Gospel of John to see Jesus. Currently, I am using an English Standard Version, an ESV version of the Bible, and almost all of chapters 14 through 17 of John are in red letter. That means these are the words of Jesus. Outside the Sermon on the Mount, this is the longest recorded teaching of Jesus. He spoke these words in the scope of a few hours before he was arrested in the Garden of Gethsemane. John chapter 13 begins with the Passover celebration Jesus has with his disciples on Thursday as the evening is coming. Jesus has secured an upper room for his disciples to come together and to share the meal with him. This is his family. He's gathered those he loves. It's an intimate setting. They're all present, Judas included. As the disciples arrive at the meal, they find the table ready, set, and the preparations already made. Jesus leads them through the Passover liturgy. Yes, the Passover meal had long been scripted by the religious leaders, and most families would follow the correct protocol for this evening together. It was to be celebrated in extended families, But as we've seen, Jesus is here with his disciples. The Passover begins with hand-washing and a reading of the story of creation from the book of Genesis. Then next comes the reading of the account of the Exodus, and an answering of four questions, beginning with, Why is tonight unlike any other night? Now what is shared is a lengthy discussion of the plagues visited upon the Egyptians and how the Lord rescued his people from slavery. The entire evening is meant to be a restatement and celebration of their salvation. It was the reminder that the Lord saved them and that they belonged to the Lord God. Here's our reading for today, John 13, verse 31 to 35. When he had gone out, that's Judas, Jesus said, Now is the Son of Man glorified, and God is glorified in him. If God is glorified in him, God will also glorify him in himself, and glorify him at once. Little children, yet a little while I am with you. You will seek me, and just I have said to the Jews, so now I also say to you, Where I am going you cannot come. A new commandment I give to you, that you love one another, just as I have loved you. You also are to love one another. By this all people will know that you are my disciples, if you have love for one another. Now John began this chapter by explaining that Jesus loves his disciples to the end. He's seen the love of Jesus in action, and Jesus interrupts the meal by washing the feet of his disciples. Then he completed the Passover with them, explaining to them that since he served them, they also must serve others. Perhaps you have seen the red kettles during Christmas time. The movement of the Salvation Army was begun by William and Catherine Booth to relieve poverty and to share the gospel of Jesus, to bring hope to those who are in need. During Booth's lifetime, this Christian relief ministry spread pretty much around the world, opening chapters on every continent. Many lives were changed and people given a hope and a future. 
When Booth died, he asked that a message be sent to the chapters of the Salvation Army all over the world. The message had just one word, others. Yes, there are more. There are others in need of grace. For Jesus, as the cross stood before him, he directed his disciples toward service. He told them that the rulers of the nations used power and force, but they were not to be like them. They were to serve. Sadly, as we've learned, in the midst of this intimate moment is the story of Judas, the one that sold out Jesus and betrayed him. Yet Jesus remained undeterred in his love for his disciples. He also washed the feet of Judas, along with the others, and gave him an honored place at the table for dinner. Our text for today includes the command of Jesus to his disciples to love one another. Jesus asked them not to love as the world loves, but unconditionally, in the same way he has loved them. Jesus could give them this command not because they were good men or even because he had spent time with them. He could command them to love as he loved because by his death he would redeem them and by his spirit he would equip them to love in this way. He was not going to command them to do something that was impossible for them, but that which he would enable them to do. Indeed, he told them their love for each other would be their strongest apologetic. That means the greatest pointer to who he is and the truth of the gospel. This love that comes from him is empowered by him and would show the world Jesus. Now that Jesus is raised from the dead and ascended into heaven, how might the world see the love of Jesus? The world will see the love of Jesus among his people his disciples, his followers, like you and me. This week we begin to look at the life that flows from the death of Jesus, his death for us, bearing our sin and shame. He opens the way for us to love as he himself loved, and the world that the world might know Jesus. Now again, we learn that this love doesn't come from our redoubled efforts to be better people, but as the Apostle John said later on, we love because he first loved us. 1 John 4.19 Let's pray. Loving God, help us to rest in the grace of Jesus in such a way that we come to walk as Jesus walked and love as Jesus loved. To the praise of your grace, Amen.